I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. This is Sean Payton, head coach of the New Orleans Saints. What's with this Saints happy cast? This has to be the worst Saints podcast in the world. Ralph can't say anyone's name right. Andrew doesn't know football. Everyone has a hard time listening to Dave. And is Kevin even there tonight? The audio with this podcast, my God, the audio, it's its painful. All right, everybody, welcome to a, another edition of Saints Happy Hour Podcast. We are talking to our good friend today, friend of the podcast, Larry Holder from The Athletic. Larry, last time we talked to you, we were getting ready for the season. Uh, how was covering the Saints uh, during uh, the season from hell pandemic year for you? Uh, I would not constitute this as a season from hell. Bounty was a season from hell. <laughs> so this one was certainly a little bit different in terms of how you cover the team and your access and things of that nature. Uh, no traveling. So, I mean, this is something you just kind of had to work around. But uh, season from hell, uh, I think Saints fans would agree 2012 might be a little worse than this one. Well, I don't think the Saints have maybe – that's the fair. I don't think – and, Andrew, you can – I don't think the Saints have had a season from hell since, like, even if you wash out – if you just pretend that the Katrina season didn't exist like I do, they really haven't had a season from hell where, like, there's hopelessness for, like, a good 20 years. But, um, you yeah, know – Yeah, go back to Ditka. That <laughs> was, like, seasons from hell, hopelessness. Yeah, I think that's where you would go there. And the Billy and the Billy Joe jokes, they still work. You know, I feel like it's still relevant. Kind so. of. People under Larry, 30 I, don't know them. I, I want to ask you something. So just on this topic, um, I, it must be hard. You know, so as, as podcasters, as, as bloggers, as people that don't have access to the locker room, you know, we we wait for guys like you to feed us intel, <laughs> and then and then we and then we run with it. But, you know, for you that covers the team and you've made relationships with your sources inside the locker room and you get face to face time with the players post game. I mean, you still and I think this is kind of what Ralph was getting at. Like you still have to now you do it all on Zoom. And I I just is it more difficult to I I know it's more difficult to cover the team. That's a statement. My question to you is, has it been more challenging for you this season just just covering the team and has it been harder to write stories just making relationships with people and just getting getting a feel for things that you maybe would have had the advantage of before and you don't now 
Yeah, I feel like I took a distinct turn in how I personally wrote and covered the team because I loved getting things that other people would not in the locker room. And you'd had no locker room. So part of that uh, was a challenge. So I went a lot more analytical because I just felt like it was a void that wasn't there uh, and wasn't being filled as much. And so, you know, I would do something weekly, almost a cheat sheet, this, that, and the other, just to kind of give you insight on, on what was uh, uh, what's happening with each team. I mean, I, I look, I dive into the offensive line, defensive line play and engage that. And I wasn't doing that before, but because Look, our, our motto at The Athletic is like, we want to bring you things that not everybody's writing about. And that is a huge challenge when the vast, 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 vast majority of your conversation is through Zoom with other members of the media there. And so say I'm writing a story and Alvin Kamara gives these wonderful quotes and you're not writing the story for maybe a week, everyone's going to run with them. So, you know, that's, that's a challenge in media in general, but it was bigger this year. And so, you know, I took I tried to go as unique of, of routes. And uh, Andrew, I know you like one of the stories I wrote uh, about uh, Sean Payton and his game uh, against the Saints as a, the Bears quarterback. And that, oh, was, that was a great. super unique route that I, I watched the whole game. John Madden and Pat Summerall happened to be the commentators and they were just dogging out Payton. Actually, it was Ditka dogging out Payton and they were dogging him out all in the air. And so, you know, but those are different things that maybe I would not have looked for in this setting. Uh, maybe I would have, uh, but, uh, but look, it's definitely different to where and how you're getting your info. I mean, you got your working phones more behind the scenes than ever uh, because within a season, uh, if you have locker room, you maybe not don't have to do that as much, even though obviously you still do it. So I, uh, this year for me, it was the hardest year that I've, right in the channel four column i felt like the regular media gave me less stuff and i had less weird fun stuff to work on and i'm just trying to crank out jokes this was the hardest year in like forever but larry this season with the saints as you look at it and mickey loomis has historically said you know we're always trying to win we we don't we're not like in the retooling, rebuilding kind of thing. And that's been true for 14 years, right? So when he says it, it's not just a cliche, right? Every NFL team says it, but the Saints have lived it for 14 freaking years. They've, ever since 2007, basically, the Saints have been chasing a Super Bowl. They got one. They didn't get another. But this year, this offseason, is it potentially where we might see the Saints sort of step back and not sort of tear it down completely – like Jacksonville or something, but could it be a retooling and a different kind of offseason than we are used to around these parts? Well, a simple answer would be the fact that you're wondering who your quarterback is. I mean, that is a whole change of environment in and of itself. And uh, it depends on how far you want to go down. I mean, are you willing to say uh, get – and, and play a veteran like Jameis Winston, or do you want to roll the dice with Taysom Hill? Or do you think you've got enough firepower and want to spend the assets to go get Matthew Stafford? 
uh, or do you want to draft somebody and roll with them? You know, you know, I think that is a, a philosophy that will mold how the Saints look next season and specifically just next season, because say the Saints ride with Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston and they have one year deals and the thing blows up. Then you do kind of blow the thing up at quarterback and you, you start from scratch uh, as far as that position. But I think the Saints, they have too many good players under long-term contracts and too much talent to say, let's take a full scale step back. You know, I think this is going to be a weird, uh, a weird comparison, but Tennessee, they didn't win a national championship with Peyton Manning, but they won one the next year with T Martin. Maybe the saints that something wacky happens like that. I don't know. Obviously I'm not saying that's going to happen. And I just thought of that wacko (laughs) analogy here, but I, I think, that's the way maybe they look at it. They got so many pieces. If they get a good quarterback uh, who can actually push the ball down. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Outfield and... Uh, you know, maybe he might be have a turnover or two more, but if your defense is still good, and uh, you know, I, I think that there is still hope, even though you don't have Drew Brees going into next season. So I don't think it's total scale rebuild, and I think they could still contend, get into playoffs next year, and see what happens. I, I'm I'm going to go with that as, as as kind of my 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 baseline going into 2021. It's so funny that you're talking about that whole Tennessee thing. Uh, I literally just ta- told my son that whole story yesterday, and I was telling him about how T. Martin beat Florida, Peyton Manning never could, and just how crazy that was that that all unfolded. We're always on the same wa- same wavelength, Larry. It's, it's amazing. Um, but uh, exactly, yeah, man, it's like mind bullets. Um, but uh, so. I have a theory about this offseason that obviously I won't even call the quarterback thing the elephant in the room because everyone's talking about it. And I think most people agree that Trey Hendrickson probably gets priced out. You want the Saints to try to do everything they keep to keep Marcus Williams. I think that's that's a thing that most people agree on, too. Don't know if that's going to be possible. But the elephant in the room for me is Lattimore and what they do with him. And I, I have this theory that I think it's pretty unlikely they're going to let him play out his current deal. So they're either going to extend him and keep him around, 
or they're going to trade him. I, I think it's one or the other. I could be wrong about that. Do you agree that that's kind of the decision with Lattimore and which way they go between those two is kind of like the key piece of this offseason that we're maybe not talking about enough? I think that's an interesting point. Uh, I might not go as far as a, the, the key piece, but it is certainly a piece just in the sense that the Saints have to probably feel compelled to extend him to drop his 2021 cap number uh, because he's in the final year of his deal. And yet how much is Lattimore and his camp going to push to be paid like a top five corner uh, you know, twenty million a year. You know, I don't know if that's uh, the Saints are going to be willing to go that far for him uh, on average. And so, how much pressure do they feel to get Lattimore under a contract deal and yet not overpay? Just knowing that you need he might be one of your eight or ten pieces of restructuring or extending to create space to make this team better and to even just get under the cap. So, you know, I think that's, uh, uh, as Mickey Loomis and Kai Harley, they always have a ceiling and they typically don't go over that ceiling. Maybe they did for Camara. Uh, I just don't see them going over maybe that ceiling for Lattimore, but I could be wrong. You know, it just depends on their philosophy there. Uh, so, but that's, that's an interesting question for sure. Well, my thing with Lattimore, with Lattimore is I look at it, Larry, and, and the history of the NFL since they've, you know, since 2011, where they have the fifth year option, if you're a star player, like you don't play out the last year of your rookie deal. Like I know holding out is more, is more, pen, it's higher penalties and it's harder to do, but like even Kamara, like his contract he wasn't playing out the fourth year, and I just think Lattimore, Andrew's right. Like star players, they're not, he's not going to be like, oh, you're not going to pay me. I'll just I'll just play out the option. It'll be fine. Like that's not how it goes with star players. So I really think I like Andrew's theory of like Lattimore. He's either getting done or they're or they're or they're or they're trading him. Football is in full effect with many teams strutting their stuff. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any other place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. The other thing with the Saints that I that I look at is I know Sean Payton has said, listen, um, we like Winston. We like Taysom. Uh, I'm not going to play the sound. Uh, you know what? Let me let me play this soundbite. I'm going to play this Payton soundbite again for you, and I want you to react to it. If, if Sean Payton is just spitting out gobbledygook at us or if I took it as maybe he really does believe in both of these guys. I've said it a number of times. I, I'm, I'm real confident in the, in the players I we have a real good room. Uh, I'm excited about Jameis Winston. I'm excited about Taysom Hill. You know, those are guys that, that we've had a chance, obviously, to, to see for a period of time. Not as long, maybe not as much time with Jameis, but, you know, we'll, we'll handle it accordingly. I mean, we're, that position's important. Uh, it's vital. And, and that's why we've, we've paid attention to 
uh, like a, a, an off-season signing like Jameis. We paid attention to keeping keeping Taysom here. We you know we knew there's a chance at some point in time we'll, we'll, we'll be dealing with the transition. Try to be as prepared as we can when that time comes. Uh, so I, I really like the prospects of those players and having seen them you know up close and, and personal. He mentioned Jameis first, Larry. Does that mean Jameis is the quarterback? That's my theory. Look, I think Fox, uh, their cameras caught Drew Brees telling uh, Jameis Winston, uh, this is your team. I thought that was uh, good timing on them on the sideline that that randomly happened. But he also said that how much he loved the quarterback room when Teddy Bridgewater was around and Taysom Hill was around. And uh, what happens when uh, someone as beautiful as Tom Brady potentially shows up in your life? (laughs) Well, guess what? You move on. And if that would have happened, sorry, there would have been no Jameis Winston, and Taysom Hill would have just been jack-of-all-trades guy, and Tom Brady would have been the quarterback. And so he could say that he loves them and mean it, and yet if he loves Matthew Stafford even more, it doesn't mean he does might not love those guys, but he loves somebody more. And I think that knowing him – He's always having eyes open for quarterbacks. Uh, look, you can always go back to Patrick Mahomes. Even though Drew Brees, uh, you know, was still playing well, uh, they were ready to pull the trigger and even told Drew Brees to his face on draft night in front of his friends that they were going to take him. And so, uh, you know, so if if they don't, if they're not in love, 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 say with Stafford, and the price is too much uh, as far as money and or assets and they just stick with what they got, he probably feels comfortable with that. But if something pops up that he, they love even more, and you know Sean Payton, he can certainly be impulsive. So if he's willing to, if he feels he, that something's better than what he's got, he's going to make the switch. So I, I think it's, I think he's telling the truth in that he likes what he sees in those guys. But if somebody new pops up uh, unexpectedly, then he's certainly open to making the switch and going a different direction that he feels more secure with. It almost seems like he feels that re-signing Jameis is a foregone conclusion when you listen to that, though. Do you, do you feel like that's the sentiment in the building, is that if they want Jameis back, it's close to a done deal? I would assume that, yes. Uh, you know, I haven't been told that, but uh, yeah, I think Jameis realizes the potential... Uh, position he's in and he's been here for a year and uh, you know he would go uh, it's not like he would go in the next this coming off season uh, with no knowledge of the offense so it, it would definitely be a different situation uh, almost just like with Teddy Bridgewater look he had a better sense of the offense when he went in a year or two uh, and look it showed when he had to play uh, outside of say that first game when he admittedly was unprepared to play against the Rams uh, but still, you know, if that's the route they want to take, I think Jameis uh, certainly feels that this would be the place to be. Now, look, if something changes, then Jameis might go somewhere else because I just don't think, say if you brought in some veteran, uh, let's just say for since everyone's talking about it, uh, Matthew Stafford, would Jameis want to battle that out? Probably not. And I think that the Saints, uh, by signing Stafford, would be conveying that to Winston. Uh, but what's the market for Winston? You know, it's he. I don't think he's got a major, massive market. Uh, you know, it's it's not like he's been able to do much 
to prove that he could uh, he could rebound from some of his uh, troubles with Tampa. So it's definitely uh, in a sense that if they want to roll with Jameis and Taysom and they don't go another route, they prob- they feel confident that Jameis would come back. I'm sure Jameis would welcome the opportunity and then they would, uh, who knows, they'd have a bona fide quarterback battle or, uh, you know, if they're uncertain, I don't know, maybe they, uh, uh, maybe they, they mix in a lot of taste. I, I don't know. I don't think two quarterback system would be good, but still, yeah, I, I think it, it is, if they don't go another route, uh, I think it would be, it is a far gone conclusion that Jameis will be back. Well, let, let's stay on Taysom for a second, um, because I feel like we have to do our due diligence to, for all the Taysom stands out there that, uh, that, you know, I, I think a lot of people listen to this and listen to our show and they, they hear a lot of talk about Jameis Winston and they think, well, what about Taysom? Doesn't he have a chance to start? And I think if you read the tea leaves, you, you mentioned that Fox clip where Drew Brees is talking to Jameis Winston, and that certainly sounds like may, at least Drew Brees thinks this is Jameis's team. And Ralph mentioned that Sean Payton mentions Jameis first when he talks about the quarterbacks he likes in the building. So do you think it's a, a done deal that they've evaluated Taysom and, and they just – he, he just can't do it. I mean, I think a lot of Saints fans feel that way. They've watched him play quarterback, and obviously he's extremely talented. Obviously he's got a very unique skill set. Uh, but do you think it's resolved that he can't be the starter over Jameis Winston? If Jameis is terrible in the offseason, then no. And we don't know. Like, we need to see it. I mean, we've seen what it is uh, in his days with Tampa. And uh, look, he's he could be great at times, and he, then he could lose you games at times. And uh, you know, I think that I think it was a good kind of baseline that they got to see Taysom Hill, uh, and, and but but they probably saw Taysom Hill at his best, uh, say against Atlanta, and then you saw him struggle. Uh, against the Eagles, and then pick it back up once all their corners left. But still, you know, I think that I, I think that Sean Payton would like it if, say, someone was clear cut, like if Jameis was clear cut better than Taysom Hill. And I don't know if he's clear cut as of right this second in their minds better than Taysom Hill. Uh, so I do think that it is not. Just something. Hey, it's Jameis's team. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go there that far. I've. I've just heard Sean Payton far too many times over the years uh, just be over the moon enamored with Taysom Hill. And even, look, Taysom went three and one uh, as a starter. And so I, there's probably maybe he feels like maybe he could build some things uh, with him. But like, I'm. I do think you can't, though, that you can't count that battle. Broncos win, Larry. Come on. No. Well, it's a win. Hey, he ran it in a couple times, right? But still. Uh, but hey, look, it's a win's a win. You know, but still, uh, you, you look at it in uh, against a good team, Taysom struggled uh, to throw the football. And when he's got a chance to hit Deontay Harris or Adam Troutman on a deep ball uh, in the playoffs, he hesitates, doesn't throw it to either one of them, and loses the ball. So. I think Jameis unloads that ball, you know, because he's a more natural quarterback in the NFL. So it's a, uh, you know, 
to me personally, I think you guys can hear where my, my mindset is. Yeah. If I'm the Saints, I prefer Jameis over, over Taysom. Uh, I, I just do. I just don't buy Taysom. But I also buy others over Jameis who are not in the building. So that's probably the quandary that the Saints are having as well. You know, Larry, they've lost a ton of people. Um, you know, Terry Fontenot to Atlanta. Um Joe Lombardi, he's going to be the Chargers offensive coordinator. They lost Dan Campbell, Aaron Glenn. This is a huge exodus out of the building. For I don't think they've ever lost this many people at once. Um, of all the people that left, who do you think it was valued most in that building? And they're like, oh, my God, we got to replace that. Like, they all, they, they all say nice things about all of them. But one of them is more valuable than the other. Who do you think in the Saints building, they're like, my God, we that, that, that one is going to be hard to replace? I would say Terry Fontenot because you look at his tenure. You remember how uh, Ryan Pace was this golden boy all of a sudden? Compare Ryan Pace's pro pickups to Terry Fontenot's pro pickups. Terry Fontenot's pro pickups were far better mm-hmm. and far more effective than Ryan Pace's. And, uh, you know, look, they went and got Demario Davis. Look, Emmanuel Sanders, Malcolm Jenkins. I mean, Pace, obviously Peyton knew Malcolm Jenkins. But, look, even A.J. Klein was a solid piece to the puzzle. Uh, you know, um, Malcolm Brown uh, was a good player and still is, you know, he, he's a good player. Uh, they identified and gambled on Janoris Jenkins. Uh, you know, there are a lot of players I can go – I can – kind of start rattling off uh, Latavius Murray over Mark Ingram at a cheaper price and came in and played just as, you know, uh, as solid as he needed him to be. Uh, and that that's Terry Fontenot. And, uh, you know, the second guy I would say would probably be Aaron Glenn. Uh, if you're talking within the coaching staff, you know, I, I think this is going to sound crazy. I think Dan Campbell is the least of their worries that he left. I mean, uh, you know, that I, I think, he, I think he's replaceable. Interesting. I, and I think he's in Detroit. He's basically Ed Ogeron. He's a CEO, and he went and got Aaron Glenn, who's going to be a good coordinator, Anthony Lynn, who's going to be a good coordinator, and he's going to be the CEO guy. And, you know, that's, to me, what he is. And, you know, and to me, like, another LSU connection. I mean, L- the Saints are going through an LSU-type exodus without a championship. So it's, it's it, it even – stranger scenario when you think of it in that way the saints 2020 season is over but this offseason is going to be the biggest craziest saints offseason since 2006 hell it might be the craziest offseason the saints have ever had and you're going to want saints breaking news and guess what the saints happy hour we deliver breaking news podcast every time something happens with the saints and you're going to need your saints fix you're going to want to know what's going on and we deliver it for you become a patron for 10 bucks you get the best swag box four swag items amazing you get access to the discord channel where you can talk saints 24 7 in a private chat and you get access to this podcast ad free every single day no ads ever you need the saints happy hour podcast during the saints off season so do it go to saintshappyhour.com and sign up today at saintshappyhour.com larry how contentious was the ryan nielsen thing not between the saints and ryan nielsen because he ended up staying but how contentious was it between like sean payton and ed ogeron and lsu of like hey stop just coming in here and stealing my guys 
Very, because that's why Ryan Nielsen isn't there. <laughs> if he wasn't contentious, Sean would have let him walk. But I think part of it was that they're hemorrhaging. Uh, they knew that Dan Campbell was going to be out. Aaron Glenn was going to be out. Dennis Allen might have been out. Uh, I mean, they, you know, Joe Lombardi is out. So part of it is that, look, we got a, if we got a chance to keep our guy and the contract stipulates that we can, sure. But when you don't do things and go and look, we know, again, Petty, Petty Payton, if you're not going to call him <laughs> and do things the right way, well, then, you know, I'm willing to block you. And, and I don't think Sean and, and Ed have this great relationship. It might, to me, it's probably stems back to when Ed was the defensive line coach in the Saints. He didn't even last a whole season. Uh, he tried to, he was ready to get out to go get a job at USC. And Sean Payton said, bye. And said, you can walk before the 2007 season was even over. So, you know, Sean doesn't forget those types of things. And I think part of it was, you know, they did them a, LSU a favor with Joe Brady. Then they went and go on, went and just hired him quickly. And so, you know, I think there's a lot of backstory and Ryan Nielsen just kind of got caught in the crossfire <laughs> and for him, they paying him more, gave him a bigger title. And I think Sean Payton saying publicly that he feels like that, that guy could be an NFL head coach. It's probably uh, say, you know, something to say, look, Ryan, we, we value you. Don't go the college route. You're bigger and better than that. Stay the NFL route. The NBA finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives... There's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? or the friends you find along the way. Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. 
Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Well, speaking of LSU, uh, Larry, I'm going to make a a statement about how I feel and I want you to react to it. I watched Quan Alexander play linebacker alongside Demario Davis, and I watched and saw the state of the defense while Alexander was in there. And you talk about a guy that had a skill set where he could run sideline to sideline, good play recognition, uh, good he, he's good making plays on the ball. And, and But really, it just boils down to recognition and speed for me. And even when he didn't have great eyes, the recovery speed was such that he could make up for some mistakes just because of his foot speed. And, you know, obviously we watched Anzalone in the playoff game, uh, specifically against the Bucks, where he struggled. Uh, and that, that, that ended up being a big thing. They missed Quan Alexander in that game. Now, Alexander's coming back from an ACL injury. But now that I've seen what this defense is with a rangy linebacker next to Demario Davis, I don't ever want to go back. I don't ever want to change that. So I, I, it's like I'm HDTV. Curious, like, like Anzalone's a free agent. Are, are, are they moving on from him? Do you think, do they trust Zach bond or do they need to go out? I mean, you know, Alexander has got the ACL thing. So even if they can figure out his contract, like it's probably a long shot that he's going to be able to help them early next year. So how do you see that playing out? Anzalone's got to go. Uh, I mean, there's a reason why you go out and get Quan Alexander. They went and got Kiko Alonso last year because they weren't totally ready to go with uh, as far as, and I'm, I'm totally lost with the, the Mario thing, but uh, uh, yeah. As, as That's far our Anzalone as, uh, music. <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> uh, now I get it. So, uh, but, uh, but uh, he's got, like, they, they've been trying to kind of boot him out for the last couple of years because they didn't trust him and you can't lean on him because he, he gets hurt. But that's part of the thing with Quan Alexander. I mean, uh, look like he can, he certainly can move, but he can get banged up. Uh, that, that price tag he's got, I mean, that that's going to come completely off the books and it would have to be a minimal deal to keep Quan Alexander around. Uh, and yet like part of this, is why I was beating the drum so much last off season for the saints to draft Patrick queen. Like if you had two good linebackers, you're in great shape. <clears throat> Tampa Bay, Devin white and Levante David. They're both second team, all pro with Demario Davis being those guys. They were everywhere against the saints. They were everywhere against green Bay. If you get one other guy like that, uh, I think you're in great shape. And so, uh, look, Andrew, I'm with you. Uh, I think they need someone that can come in. And I don't know if that's Zach Bond. I just don't know. 
Uh, he's not some natural middle linebacker that they think he can be. Uh, this is something he's going to have to kind of learn. And, you know, it's, it, it, I don't think that that starter is on the roster yet. And do they go through the draft to go get one? Free agency, I, I really don't have a good feel of who's, who's going to be a free agent and what guy can you even afford in the first place. Uh, so I, I'm with you. I think you need someone. Uh, you at least need a second legitimate linebacker uh, on the team. The Saints didn't have one of those until they traded for Quan Alexander, and then predictably he gets hurt. Yeah. Um, Larry, the other thing that I think about this offseason, and this isn't just for the Saints, it's for the entire league. You know, last year we said, look, it's a pan- it's a pandemic. This rookie class, it's going to be hard for them to uh, get up to speed for the Saints, but it's okay because the Saints roster is loaded anyway. So if they're ro- if the rookies don't contribute a lot and they redshirt, it's okay. But this year, there's going to be a lot of turnover in this roster. They're going, to, they, you know, they don't have to gut the roster necessarily, but their their veteran depth, the bottom of the roster, they're going to have to turn it, and they're going to be, I think, more dependent on rookies to be good and fill out the roster than they have in a long time. And I look around just the country in, in general, like this pandemic, like it ain't getting better. Like, I think we're going to have the same off season, the same, no training, the same, no preseason games. Like it's going to be the same thing that we just went through. So does that make it even more difficult for the saints to revamp the roster in a sense of you're dealing in, I don't know what you call it, pandemic times or whatever, but because of that, does that make the d- degree of difficulty for the Saints even higher this offseason? Well, I think they're going to have rookie minicamp, and then they're going to have OTAs, so I think they're going to have some of that. So there will be more on-field training for sure. But when you talk about the draft, scouting, is still a massive, massive challenge uh, just because you don't have the same access with, uh, you know, going to games and players and this, that, and the other, this is good. This is easily the most difficult scouting uh, that teams are going to have to go through uh, maybe in the history of, uh, of modern football, just because of the lack of access and, you know, people aren't weren't traveling as much. And, this, and that, teams the played other. less games in college, so you have less to look teams at. Teams played less games. People, kids opted out. What, you know, it's uh, and some kids opted out that were no-brainers, but a lot of kids opted out that you're thinking, oh, you should probably still be playing. Uh, someone like Jamie Newman, the quarterback from Georgia, who, you know, he transferred there. He thought he'd be the starter, and, and he opted out, and someone gave him some terrible advice. Uh, and so things like that, and you know, it's, uh, the senior bowl is going on this week. Uh, you know, it's not the same, uh, you know, but they're, they are feet on the ground scouts and things there. So it's, it, you know, that's, uh, a little different than maybe I thought would be able to happen, but that is happening. And so, uh, so when you look at it in that sense, uh, you have a few more draft picks because you're going to be able to get some of those compensatory picks, but you can also trade those suckers. If you in love with a guy, you can use them and trade them. So we know they'll they'll they'd be willing to do that. Uh, so yeah, I think it's something that uh, you know you're not having your star star stars outside of the quarterback position. You're not going to be necessarily losing tip top stars yet. 
you'd be losing guys like Hendrickson, Rankins, uh, you know, some other some other players, Anzalone, uh, you know, we Jared Cook. Uh, but uh, you're not losing, say, like your star player. So you at least have those guys. But you're right in filling out the rest of the pieces. I think it's definitely something that you would hope that the draft picks that you did even like last year and the ones that you have you'll get this year that they can contribute right away. But it is hard to gauge if they can even do that. It was hard to gauge if they could do it last year, uh, much less this year. Well, if they're going to make a trade down or, or at least just stay put and not move up, this is the year, right? We say that every year. <laughs> <laughs> They're sure. never trading uh, down, Andrew. Yeah, We've been well, through this. Yeah, here's my thing. And, uh, you know, this was goes back to uh, about three months ago when I did a story about who might be Drew Brees' successor. And say if the Saints fall in love with one of those quarterbacks and they're sitting there at the end of the first round, if they were willing to trade all the way up from 27 to 14 to go get Marcus Davenport, you don't think the Saints would want to trade from, what are they, 28 all the way up to wherever to go get a quarterback that they really love? You know yeah. they're going to want to do it. And, and this would be the time that they feel like now's, now's the time to pull the trigger to do this. But it depends on if they love a guy. But, you know, who knows uh, how far Justin Fields – uh, where he's drafted, how far down Trey Lance falls. I just don't think Zach Wilson will be falling there. Uh, and do they really like Mac Jones? Ugh, you know, so I hope. Yeah, you know, yeah. I I'm not I'm not on the Mac Jones train too much either. I mean, you, you play with all that talent. All he just stands there is he just flings it and all right, touchdown, big deal. I, I don't I don't think I've ever seen him stressed. Uh, but still, uh, you know. We say that every year, and they never do it. So if they love a player, they're going to go get them. So I'm, uh, I, I, I can't subscribe to them trading down because they never do it. You know, Larry, we haven't talked about Drew, and it's sort of everybody just assumes that he's going to retire. And I said on our podcast, and we made it a video clip, and people got mad at me on Twitter, but I'll repeat it. I want Drew to retire. And it's not that I don't love him, and it's not that he hasn't been amazing. It's the best 15 years we've ever had as a Saints fan. But, Larry, I'm convinced – that Drew Brees, if he continues to play, it only gets sadder from here. Like it isn't gonna get he isn't gonna find the fountain youth. He isn't gonna get better. And I don't wanna go through the beginning of November. They need to bench Drew Brees and play Winston or play Taysom because Drew Brees is killing us and keeping us from winning games. Like I don't wanna have that discussion. I want him to I want him to get his retirement ceremony. I wanna him to get on the wall, the the Saints Wall of Fame and all that. I like I'm ready for it to be over. Um, do you think there's any possibility that he decides I'm going to go one more year? I'm not going to 100% discount it, but I would be floored. Like floored, floored, floored if he came back. And you know, I I get it. Look, the Saints monetarily need him to retire first off <laughs> it, it, you know if he plays he's 36 million but then they probably finagle the contract and uh, do more avoidable years just that the other but I think that Drew Brees can only get you so far given the quarterback play in the NFL right now the divisional round is about as far as he could get you 
You look at the quarterbacks that got to the championship round. They're all better than him. Uh, even the ones that didn't make it that far. they got plenty of them that are better than him. He can only take you so far at this point in time. And uh, I think you're right. What if he comes back next year and then they're nine and seven or he's struggling and he gets hurt again. And uh, it's the, it's, it, or like think of after the 2009 season, Favre played and he was, was great. And then that last season was just a total dud, nothing. And then he retires. You know, I, th- I would understand those types of fears there. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's the time is now. I'm, I'm sure he knows the time is now. Uh, you know, everything we saw after the game, him soaking it in on the field, he knows the time is now. Uh, you know, Tom Brady's not stopping and chatting with him and Leonard Fournette and Antonio Brown. You know, they're probably not doing that and play, paying their respects to him, if not. So, look, I would be floored, floored, floored. And I think this is the time that, that, that this has to happen. Yeah, it's crazy now, you know, to think that we're being ushered into a new era. I mean, he, he started in 2006. And I think for a lot of Saints fans and a lot of people that listen to this show, they, they don't know the Saints with any other quarterback. You know, some of our younger fans or newer fans, they, they just they, it's always been Drew. So as we kind of move in to this new era, how confident are you now? Sean Payton, I mean, he's never played really with another quarterback. I mean, he's, he's had Teddy Bridgewater for a few starts, Taysom Hill for a few starts, Luke McCown for a start, but this is life after Drew Brees. And, you know, we, we just witnessed Bel- Belichick in his first year without Brady. And I know there's some cap considerations here and some roster stuff, but like I, I think Sean Payton's going to have a better team than Bill Belichick had this year. I think he's going to have a better team next year. So how confident are you that the Saints can get back to competing at the highest level where they are now without Drew Brees? In the interim, I don't know if it might happen next year. I do think they can be a playoff contender, as in like to get in. I think that 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 should be, in my mind, uh, where they are. I also feel like the Patriots didn't just lose Tom Brady. They lost a lot of other pieces, too, uh, specifically on defense. And they did not properly address the quarterback position. I mean, they, they went out and uh, trying to, they were trying to think that Jared Stidham might be the guy. And then they went and got Cam Newton, and he was – literally damaged goods. I mean, you know, it's not, you you don't say that just mentally. I mean, physically he was damaged goods coming in and they were thinking, all right, maybe we'll, we'll catch lightning from him. At least the saints have a game plan. If they want to stay within the building at quarterback, they at least have a game plan and they know what they're dealing with here. So I think that helps. Uh, And I just think that the saints, they have more star power for sure than say that Patriots team coming into this year. So I think they could certainly be uh, – like walking into next season, everyone's going to say Tampa's going to win a division. I'd put the Saints at number two and making the playoffs. Like I, don't, I, I think that's, that should be the expectation regardless of who the quarterback is. Uh, and so look, I think Sean Payton, he's been waiting for this challenge uh, for quite a while, knowing that this is going to come. And I think he is going to relish this challenge. I think he wants to prove, all right, I'm, 
he maybe he wants to prove, look, I'm not Belichick. You know, Belichick went down in, in some flames this year without Tom Brady. He probably wants to prove, look, I can win without these guys. And, you know, Belichick did go, what, 11-5, and five, missed the playoffs the year Tom Brady was out. I think Matt Castle was a quarterback. Uh, Sean Payton has proved in the short term they can win with Teddy Bridgewater and they can win with Taysom Hill. But I think he, he, he can't wait to prove that he can – he's more than just, all right, Drew Brees helped make me. Look, I can – I can coach other quarterbacks, and, and they could be good, too. So, Larry, before you get out of here, tell the people how they find how they can subscribe to The Athletic. And full disclosure, we at the Saints Happy Hour, we subscribe to The Athletic. It's amazing. It's great. Uh, tell the people how they can do it and if you all have any uh, special offers that they can take advantage of. Absolutely. Theathletic.com slash New Orleans. Of course, we do locally Saints, LSU, Pelicans heavily. We'll sprinkle in some Tulane uh, and anything, anything else on a local basis that's important. We, we, talk, we touch on. But, of course, we're everywhere. We're in every market in, uh, in the country, pro sports, college sports. Uh, we are huge in England. And our UK coverage. In I know. Soccer. Got my, soccer. Gosh, got my Everton coverage it's, through the athletics. It's insane. It's insane how many people read it in the UK and people here in the U S uh, read, read uh, all their coverage through the athletic. Uh, but look, to, I'll be honest with you. It's the best place I've ever worked in my life. Uh, I hope to have this job forever. Uh, so, and, and our company is really thriving. And uh, if you go to subscribe through it, I think our best deal, if you just go subscribe would be three ninety nine a month for the first year. I don't think I'm supposed to promote that, but guess what? I just did it. I don't think they're going to fire me. Uh, but also, it, this is uh, our fifth year anniversary of The Athletic as a whole. And you could jump on uh, our The Athletic Twitter feed, and you have a chance to win a five-year subscription. So Ooh. roll the dice, like give that. it a shot. Uh, and like I, I, I get to do some, some work that when I was with the Times-Picayune, because you're working every day and churning out a newspaper – you know, I get to zero in on, on really cool stories that I find important uh, th- that maybe I didn't have time to do uh, when you're doing the everyday grind. So it's really why I, it's it's easily the best place I've ever worked. Well, Larry, remember that you came on this podcast and when you're picking the winner for that five-year free subscription, <laughs> if, if you want to game the system, I'm just saying. Game the system. Game the system. I think they, just. I, just there look for like- member athletic member. Just just tell them to search Saints Happy Hour podcast and just bang hit the five year winner thing. We we like that. Maybe I'll auction it off because I'm sure uh, everyone else in the company would probably have someone asking, "Hey, can you give me just a five year subscription and we'll yeah. be best friends forever?" <laughs> so uh, I'll give it my best shot. I'll, I'll see how much how much pull I have with, within the company. So anyway, guys. Find Larry Holder on Twitter. Support The Athletic. Support all local media that you can because it, you, if you want great Saints coverage, you got to support them because bills need to get paid. So for Larry for joining us, thanks. For Andrew, I'm Ralph. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for supporting us. And we will see you again tomorrow. <laughs>